The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror, the unofficial Once Upon a Time internet radio show exclusively on Poppy Chulo Radio. Today is Tuesday, March 8th. 2016, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. During tonight's broadcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of Once Upon a Time. Later on in the broadcast, get ready for a spoiler alert as we bring you the hit ABC series as casting scoops, spoilers, and ratings. Special announcement, you can now download episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror via iTunes. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. We want to thank everyone that listens to our show, whether you started listening on day one, this season, or recently discovered us via iTunes. Thank you from all of us here on the show. So, please welcome my co-host. First up, if you step into her diner, she will always recommend the gingerbread and children. It's Ashley Michelle. Oh, I love a good child. Hey, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's she said it. I didn't. Yum. Next up, Magical Ale from the land of Dunbrock allowed her to get a peek at a tortured hook. It's Katie Cat. Oh, yep, it did. Hi, guys. I'm excited to be back, finally. And... Uh, a clock ticking always has her smiling. It's Priscilla. It's time for Once Upon a Time. That's what it gets me smiling about. Exactly. Unfortunately, our other co-host, Ava Stark, is not with us this week. Uh, I think uh, some flames might have engulfed her and, and she got dragged to the underworld or something. So <laughs> we'll get her back in a couple of weeks. Don't worry. And we'll have a couple of a special fill-in guest uh, co-host in the coming weeks as well so on that note let's jump into our recap of episode 512 season 5 episode 12 the mid-season premiere which was titled souls of the departed and aired on march 6th 2016. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Emma, Regina, Mary Margaret, David, Robin, Henry, and Gold arrive in the underworld on a mission to rescue Hook, only to discover that their search will be more difficult than they had anticipated. The inhabitants of the underworld, all souls with unfinished business and many with quite personal vendettas, hound our heroes at every turn. Meanwhile, in an enchanted forest flashback, a familiar face from the evil queen's past returns to present Regina with the perfect birthday gift. So let's get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. What was your initial thought on the mid-season premiere? We'll start off with Katie. 
I really, really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I know a lot of people were online, you know, they got to be dramatic and all that, were kind of like, well, this wasn't a very special episode. But I really enjoyed it. They brought back um, some of the more popular um, characters that people liked, and um, they set up the arc for this next half season really well. And we got to kind of go back to a flashback we haven't seen yet. Um, it felt like a very season one-ish episode to me. So I I really, really enjoyed it. And we got some great acting from Lana. Um, she does such a fantastic job. And I just really enjoyed that episode. All right now, Ash, your initial reaction to the episode. As per usual, I completely agree with Katie. (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I loved it. I definitely felt like it was season one all over again. And I loved all the little um, hints towards the past hundred episodes and all the characters that we found along the way. I really loved that. Priscilla, did you love the episode as well? What were your initial thoughts? Okay, so the the episode is called Souls of the Departed, and I was just kind of like, this brought back the departed soul. That was me the, that last first half of the season. I hated it. But this episode, amazing. Just like um, Ash said, it, and, and Katie said, like it's, it's bringing back feels of season one, which is epic for me. And bringing back characters and giving some people comeuppance or their just rewards. And it was awesome. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Except Rumpel. <laughs> well, there you go. You can't have everything. That's true. <laughs> I loved the episode as well. I thought it was a fantastic episode. It had everything that I could have ever wanted in, in a mid-season premiere, as well as a 100th episode with all the callbacks and all the peeks at to characters that uh, we've seen uh, since the very beginning and i'm not gonna lie initially when i heard that we were gonna get another regina flashback i was like really like there's stuff that we don't know but i was pleasantly surprised by this flashback and much like katie sort of alluded to it was nice to get a little piece of the puzzle filled in we got a nice little puzzle piece with like filling in on stuff that we didn't know about Regina's past and how something happened that we learned about back in season one. So I thought that was pretty awesome. So let's get into the actual episode. A quick little shout out to the title card, uh, which was the Enchanted Forest through a red filter and, of course, the uh, broken clock tower. Dun, 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 dun. So let's start off at the in the past, as we always do, with the flashbacks. We start off, it's the Evil Queen's birthday, you know, she does the thing that she knows how to do best, basically, terrorizing a village. So she's in the village, she's telling everybody, you know, I want to know White's heart on a silver platter, and, you know, threatening everybody if, if they don't uh, let her know where Snow White is, they're all gonna die. But there's a twist, because we've seen this type of scene in the past, and it's always just her sort of bloviating and um, threatening everybody. But this time around, Snow White and her gang of merry men, and maybe a couple ladies too, are actually there in the village. And there's a showdown, a stand down, and all that kind of stuff, and Regina ends up poofing away. Didn't 
did it like surprise anybody else besides myself to like actually have Snow White there in the village? Because I think we've seen this many times in the past where Regina's in a village searching for Snow White and that kind of thing. Did it surprise anyone that Snow was actually there, like ready to fight arrows up and guns ablazing, although no guns necessarily? I did not expect it at all. I was very surprised, and I was even more surprised that the that Regina left instead of fought. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Definitely. I was kind of expecting it just because we've explored a lot of Regina's background, but we haven't really gotten to explore right when Snow declares mutiny, I guess, and uh, and at and before and before the marriage happens so there's obviously a couple of times where just snows out there or in a village or something and she can already defend herself so to have this happen i was like yay okay we're getting badass snow white again i'm glad we love badass snow white she's awesome oh yeah so uh, regina poofs back to uh, her fantastic castle and we have Henry there aka the Queen's Valet bka her father and uh, he's begging her to stop you know her vengeance seeking ways that if she continues on like this that Cora will always have a hold on her you know you need to stop because once you stop then you know Cora's hold w will no longer be on you and uh, Regina of course is vengeful so she's like calm down Papa I'll handle things and so Henry uses the magic mirror to communicate with Cora in Wonderland and basically he asks her for help and Cora doesn't want to help him. He, she wants to help Regina. She's like, I'm going to help her end this feud once and for all. You know, she needs to end this feud, and this feud will end with Snow White's death. So Henry, of course, doesn't want to go that route. So he's like, you're no help. I'm going to go and talk to Snow White. So as he leaves, Cora exits the mirror portal into the Enchanted Forest. And so late at night, Henry has set up this uh, rendezvous with Snow. But it turns out that the Henry that Snow is meeting is not Henry. It is Cora in disguise. Hashtag Corad. Did this surprise anybody? A little bit. A little bit. I was like, again? Nice. <laughs> Can I just say, I like that. I, I feel like we've never seen someone take a heart from behind. So I thought that was yeah. kind of neat. That yeah, was awesome. That was sneaky. As soon as Cora, I was like, Cora, as soon as Cora came out, I was like, fuck. Yeah, like, you, you, you did something wrong. Why, why? Why ask her when you were like, you know what? I should have just talked to Snow in the first place. I'm like, plan B? Way better than plan A. You didn't think this through. <laughs> so, so her, him bringing up Snow, I'm like, you know what? What's he going to tell her? He, that Regina's looking for her. You need to run. Like, she's heard this before. I don't Like, so when Cora popped out of nowhere, I was like, okay. Th th now this plan makes sense. I, I can deal with that. I like this. So, yeah, I agree. So Cora obviously took the heart, and she she did the thing that people do when people steal hearts. You know, oh, you know, she talks to the heart and she says, "Forget all this happened. Just go and be happy for the final hours that you have to live." And That's uh, surprisingly nice of her. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
She can be like, stay here, and that's it. And suffer. Uh-huh. Dig yourself a grave. Oh. Or you can go out and drink. Pour one over, pour one last one with the with the dwarves, because you ain't gonna drink anymore. Ain't that the truth? So we flash to Regina's uh, birthday party, which I don't know if that's really a party. It seemed like she just gathered a bunch of people and like kept them hostage, and it was like, be festive, be merry, for me. That's a Regina party. Well, isn't that the truth? I gotta say, though, that cake, even though it was, it had like all that black fondant, and I don't know, I don't know if all that black is good for your body. You don't, you don't eat the fondant. Who eats the fondant? Fondant's gross. There's a lot of people that like fondant. I'm not a fan of fondant. Good job. You you you, you save your body from all the whatever all the black stuff. But did you notice <laughs> that it was exactly like her, like blowing out the like, like Emma blowing out the candle in the first episode? Oh, I didn't wonder. Yeah. Yes. That's another parallel I didn't catch. I did nice. not catch that parallel, but I I like it nonetheless. Um, and, and then another part of me was just kind of like, yeah, you don't tell a woman like what her age is after a certain amount of time on a birthday cake, so. <laughs> yeah, and no, I kept on wondering, I was like, how old is Regina turning? <laughs> <laughs> She'll kill no you one... if you say it out loud. Ain't that the truth? At least at that moment in time, yes. Mm-hmm. So Cora arrives, she's got a gift, it's all wrapped up, all real nice and pretty, and it is Snow White's heart. And so Regina is practically salivating, and uh, through the magic mirror, they spy on Snow, getting her grub on with her crew, and so Regina starts to squeeze the heart, and Snow White, you know, jumps up and starts writhing like people do when their heart is getting squeezed and she squeezes it more and she's writhing even more and then all of a sudden Jiminy Cricket pops out her bosom <laughs> Jiminy you sly cricket what were you doing was there? Down there with a match now first off why was he down there why was everybody why was charming laughing I'm like he's playing with you know, uh, your girl's fun bags. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Maybe he got stuck. Maybe he just wanted to be somewhere safe on the ride back. You know? He had a match in his hand, though. That was kind of weird. I, wait, what? He had a match in his hand? I Didn't he, he have a match? Umbrella. Or was that, is that in his umbrella? Maybe it was, it was um, his umbrella. umbrella. But it umbre- was... Oh, ow. Oh, I feel bad for Snow right now. But still the umbrella. <laughs> How do you laugh after that? Yeah, some dude was like in the, like fumbling around in there, like, ha ha ha, it's so funny. Like, no. Thanks for motorboating my future wife. <laughs> I think they were all drunk. I think they were on mead or something. Who knows? But I had a few too many and fell down the hole. Oh. <laughs> and then later go down the hole. There's a cleavage hole. No, don't do this to me, Poppy. I'll try not to. So we learn that the hearts had been switched. And we find out that it was Henry. Henry switched the hearts. We're assuming, remember, Regina had the heart vault, and so there were lots of hearts in there. So we are to assume that he must have grabbed one of the hearts from the heart vault. It actually was the heart of a guard, because when Regina crushed it, one of the guards uh, died. So as punishment, Regina shrinks Henry down to a teeny tiny itty bitty Henry and places him inside of the box meant for Snow White's heart. Teeny you Henry. Know, I, I, I totally was laughing when I saw that bit where he's like, Regina, 
but if you kill Snow White, your heart will be tainted. I'm like, tell that to the guy in the background that just fucking died. He, he doesn't have a face, so he doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Sometimes the show is weird, like, but I, I really did appreciate, like, her crushing the heart and then somebody in the back just being like, ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, one of the stormtroopers. Yes. Stormtrooper with no face. Exactly. So after some tense words with her mother and with the help of the magic mirror, Regina banishes Cora once again to Wonderland. But as she's getting banished and as she's getting pulled by some mirrory gobbledygooky hands, Cora magics the heart box containing tiny Henry, teeny tiny itty bitty Henry, into her hands as she is pulled back to Wonderland. So we basically got the, not necessarily the pre-story, but we got the story as to why Regina needed Jefferson and the hat to go to Wonderland because, as Regina said, she did some sort of magic onto the portal so that not even Regina can go through the portal to go to Wonderland through that mirror portal. And we found out why Henry was teeny tiny and why Cora had Henry in the first place. So I thought that was awesome. It just filled in a lot of the blanks that, uh, you know, and a lot of the questions that we had after that season one episode. Season one, can you believe it? We're in season five and we're finally getting the answers. I know it feels so season one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. It was really good. I enjoyed it. Uh, any sort of final thoughts on uh, the flashback before we move into present day? You know, all of last season, I was like kind of upset at co- at the costume department for not really putting in time. But oh my god, that red gown that Regina had the like her birthday party gown. dress. Yeah, the birthday dress, the black birth, the simple black birthday dress, and like the weird hair ponytail with like the feathers when she's like rudely sticking her finger into pie. Oh yes, like, that all of these. I would have been like, did you wash your hands, lady? Exactly. Because <laughs> I spent a lot of time on this and, you know, germs and stuff. Who gives we a don't even have. Four? Well, this is, we don't have indoor plumbing during this time. We don't even please. have Purell, lady, so you might have, like. <laughs> no real soap. You might have the plague on your hand right now. Probably. That's okay. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Although that pie looks so good, and, but I love that Regina was like, I prefer apple. Yeah. Like, I should have known this. Exactly. Know. And you know, I, she's like one of those that. fancy ladies. She's probably not, not like, just like a regular apple. She's like, I need like Honeycrisp apple or something. There was a really naughty part of me that was like, she, she should have been like, I prefer cherry and like cherry pie starts playing in the background. <laughs> uh, exactly. Like, no, it's just... Evil Regina is my aesthetic. God, I love her. Like, as the evil queen, she's epic. She's got, like, murder smile down pat. Like, it's... Ah, I, can't, I cannot gush enough about her. Like, this, this episode brought me that as a, as, a, as a bit of it, and I can't be mad at it. 
I completely agree. And like I said uh, during the initial reaction, I was really worried about this flashback. I was like, oh, like, haven't we seen a lot of Regina? Like, please don't <gasps> let this be like, and I know I've used this as an example before, but it's it's the truth. Like, please don't let this be like the Charmings killing Medusa during their honeymoon. <laughs> because know, that was, was like so horrible. Worried. But it was fantastic. It gave us answers and it, it was just a really good flashback although the only thing that i'm like hmm is i get that after her heart was snatched that cora was like you know don't remember but you would think you'd remember a man shoving his hand into your body returning a heart i'm sure henry explained it to her and then snow would have been like oh thank you henry Okay, yes. That's a, thank you for filling us in on the deleted scene, Ash. Hashtag magic explains everything. Yes. That's so true. <laughs> That's very true. Magic. Alright now, so let's get into present day. And we start off with Emma. She's waking up. She's in her yellow bug. And Neil is beside her. And uh, we learn a lot of just really great tidbits of information in this like two minute scene we learn that neil is in a better place he's not in the underworld because he had no unfinished business and um we have emma basically telling him that if she knew that she could have visited the underworld to rescue him him being neil she would have and basically he warns her not to continue on with her quest but she says that she can't stop and he's like i know and uh i mean that's pretty much the gist of uh the conversation like the important part so i want to get everyone's thoughts on the return of neil and uh, do you think this scene was necessary for the episode? Do you feel like maybe it was just thrown in for all the Neil fans? No. It, I think I, it was necessary, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because but, I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, what if Neil's down there? And I'm sure some of the characters probably maybe to see him down there so it kind of answered that question and it kind of kind of gave us a nice ending for his character if they're gonna end it there so I I mean you could have taken it out and taken the scene out with Emma and Henry and it wouldn't have made a big impact on the show but I still liked it I think it was good that they put it in there I liked that they did that because it sets in stone this bastard is never going to come back on Once Upon a Time anymore. He went to heaven. Even dun, 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 dun. <laughs> bagel fire is in the pantry in the sky. No, hashtag right? bail fart. <laughs> we, we came up with that uh, during our first season. That's uh, callback, listeners. Go back and download previous episodes to hear where that came from. I, I don't know, like taking away all my like spite towards the character it was a really nice way of bringing back like the first time he met her like in the bug and that last like kiss to the forehead goodbye and her being able to tell henry no i know he's in a better place so it, it was sweet overall especially like it was it's also sweet that he tried to warn her which make which begs the question like how dark is it going to get when he says that everything's going to change yeah. 
Interesting. I tried to decipher where they were. Did anyone sort of figure out? Because obviously that was Emma's subconscious, but are we to think that some of those locations were important to Emma? Or have we seen Emma. some of those locations before? Like the yeah. amusement park and that rundown house thing? Yeah. The, the amusement park was where she first had her date with him. When they broke in and they sat on the, the, the swings. Oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. So... And, and that rundown building, is that just part of the amusement park? Which rundown building? There was a rundown... They were parked in front of, like, a rundown-looking building. Beha- behind it was the park, so I'm fairly certain yeah. that's where that is. And the rundown building is probably, like, prop leftover from where she had to, like, hold her hands up when the watches were stolen, which would make sense, like, if she's... Like, thinking back to everything that Neil did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Theory. Yeah, it was really interesting. Now, after all that Emma's been through, because she's been through a lot since Neil's death, why do you think Neil warned her about something right now? Why hasn't he been back to warn her about some of the other stuff that's happened, in particular, when she turned into a dark one? Because Merlin already fucking warned her about that when she was a kid. He didn't listen. <laughs> she didn't listen. And, uh, like, the way I see it in all of these, like, other things, like Lord of the Rings or, like, I don't know, any other, like, angely Christmas special sort of thing. Like, they can't tell you when bad stuff is about to happen until, like, the very end because it makes up a lot of pathos towards what's going to happen. And I- I'm guessing that's what it's for. That we just we needed Neil here at this last moment, and if you want to get like all magic and mystical, like it's probably they're going to hell. So like this is re- a really easy divide for a spirit to come in and talk to her. One yeah, that's, that's what happened. I thought. That mm-hmm. her crossing into a different realm gave him the chance to talk to her directly in her subconscious. That it was actually him and not just her imagination, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't think we're in Maine anymore. Once our heroes step off the boat and they clear through the fog, the underworld looks exactly like Storybrooke, with a couple of twists, of course, uh, some twisted twists. They sort of explain a little bit as to why this could be. Uh, Regina says that uh, weaved into uh, the Dark Curse was the creation of Storybrooke. So, is the Underworld mirroring Storybrooke, or is was Storybrooke mirroring the Underworld, in a sense? You know, because she doesn't know who created this Dark Curse. Could that have been why Storybrooke looks the way it is? Or could the creation of Storybrooke have created or inspired the Underworld? What do y'all think? I think my brain's going to explode. (laughs) (laughs) I... I don't know. I think that if Storybrooke is made in the image of the Underworld, then Hades is the one who made the curse. Like, my... What I want to know is who made the curse now, because that's what's going to answer that question. Yeah, it's kind of been, like, one of those questions that hasn't been answered, but it's been something that is kind of piqued people's curiosity since the show started so 
it would be interesting if they did end up making Starbuck kind of mirror the underworld and Hades was the creator of the Dark Curse. Then we finally get that that answer as well. Gosh, it's always one bad guy like preempting another. First it was Regina, then it's Rumpel against Regina, then it's Peter Pan against Regina and Cora against <laughs> Regina. Like it's always someone else's fault. Personally, mm-hmm. I think that it might just be kind of, like if you've ever read the book or seen like the really shitty movie The Lovely Bones, where when someone dies, they get their heaven, but their heaven is exactly like what where they lived was like. It's just perfect. It kind of makes sense that Storybrooke is the purgatory, but like all fucked up for all of these terrible people. Like, I don't know. Like, it just mir- uh, that, and it's cheaper to use sets that are doing that. Well, that is true <laughs> too. Everything, it's cheaper. Aww, Priscilla just you know broke things down into real world terms. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> If they're spending the money that they would have spent on sets on, like, quality writing and, like, good costuming, like, yeah. Go ahead and do that. I don't care. That's true. (laughs) Once they get into the town and they start exploring, we get our first glimpses at past characters. We see uh, Cruella DeVille's Panther DeVille rolling through town and once they enter granny's diner we meet the blind witch thoughts on the blind witch's return awesome (laughs) it was so interesting i love emma caulfield i loved her since like she was anya and Buffy. Me too, but she looks completely different as the Blind Witch. Like, we recently saw her on an episode of Supergirl, and she looks nothing like she does in, like, on other series when she's on once as the Blind Witch. I think she does a great job, and they do a great job, like, making her up and looking, making her look completely different than how she actually looks. And the voice that she uses. She got plumb lines where she's like, have you seen this guy, dark hair, hook for a hand? Captain Hook? How do you know? you gave a pretty good description like <laughs> like <laughs> oh gosh and then she's like coffee gingerbread children i recommend the gingerbread it's actually pretty good like her she's you know if we don't get granny having her as like the proprietor of like the cafe like the diner is great i agree i wonder if it's called blindies yeah, blindies <laughs> <laughs> cuz that's her name blind witch i don't know <laughs> Your punishment is to be a waitress in hell. Because there were waitresses. <laughs> you made the best patries in the universe. Now you make them for everybody. <laughs> we have another flashback character show up. James, a.k.a. David, a.k.a. Charming's oh twin God. brother. Evil twin brother, I should say. Yeah. Did like, all of you realize it was James from the very beginning? I was like, that's all yes. that's, that's not David. <laughs> when he like sauntered up to her, I was like, oh no, this is going to be good. Yeah, same. So Charming does not saunter? <laughs> no. Not okay. like that. Not in public. <laughs> you don't David's yeah. a little bit more reserved than that. I love when actors play different characters. 
because you can really see them acting like we're so used to david but once you see james like you can tell um uh, josh dallas is like really enjoying getting the chance to play a different version of the same character mm-hmm. well not yeah, necessarily a different version of the same character but you know what i'm saying yeah, it's super interesting, and like he does make a really good job of distinguishing between the two characters. So it was it was a really interesting scene. You can see the difference in how James acts and how David acts, and they're completely on the different sides of the spectrum almost. So it was yeah. very interesting. The fact that you could recognize who they were just by the body language without him having to say anything first. It was fantastic. and by the way he kissed uh, Mary Margaret. AKA yeah, Snow. Mm. That was awesome. Like, I want to get some of that. Dipper, and that would have been like <laughs> movie magic kiss. Like true love's kiss. <laughs> it works on twins too. But it's oh like I loved him and it makes me like annoyed that David was like that's my brother. Okay then. He just let it go. I, well, I no, I don't think he saw the kiss, uh, and and Snow didn't tell him about the kiss, which yeah, I thought she was like, oh shit, she was still quivering in the knees. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's so, so after, yeah, I know. I hope so. They need to. So after James leaves, uh, we have Henry. Henry had gone up to Neil's uh, former room in Granny's room number eight. And uh, I love that we got to see one of Granny's keys again, because that's very season one, episode one, when uh, Emma gets her key. Welcome to Storybrooke. We haven't really seen the keys in a while. And uh, Emma has a conversation with Henry. Basically, Emma tells Henry that Neil isn't here because he's in a better place. I know he is. My whole thing is, why didn't she tell anyone about her vision of Neil. Rumble already like is looking at them like y'all are stupid for being here. Like I'm fairly certain her being like, yeah, I think I saw your son and I think he went to heaven. Like he'd be like, are you high? Are the fumes <laughs> getting to you? Like nobody would believe her. I also felt like it was a very personal moment for Emma and she's not one to share that kind of stuff. Really, even after all this time, uh, I would have thought that she would have gotten to the point to where maybe she would be able to open up with something like that by now. I was really, I felt it was intimate. Like, it was almost too intimate for her to just say in casual conversation. Like, oh, hey, I saw my ex, my ex-boyfriend last night. And it was really weird. He went to heaven, I think. Then he it's just disappeared. It's weird with Neil. Like, being her first love, being the guy that betrayed her, that knocked her up, that came back, that loved her. Like, and so anything doing, dealing with that guy is just gonna bring her back to like her reserved, like, this is a tough nut to crack, Emma. Like, I, I don't blame her for that. You're completely right. Okay, I can buy that. Elsewhere in uh, this uh, twisted uh, storybook, Regina's being followed. Cora is responsible for it. And so the mother and daughter reunite. There's a warm hug. And after the hug, Cora basically tells Regina, you need to leave. Take your child. Take your thief. Get on this boat that I have procured for you. It's going to leave in an hour. You need to leave. 
Would you have taken that offer? Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it would be tempting to a point, but at the same time, you know, after you've gone through all of this stuff with all the other people on your team, I guess you could say, and, you know, you've done so much stuff together, you're like family. Why would you give up on family so fast? But, I mean, it's tempting to a point, but yeah, I just feel like our characters would not give up on family so fast. I just want to say I would have taken that up on that offer and sent man, person, child back because what the oh. fuck is him? Oh. What, if, what the fuck is a child doing in hell? And Robin <laughs> was just He's there. a powerful child. He's an author. Who, has, who doesn't have a pen anymore. He could find another pen. Maybe he, maybe he might use a laptop this time. I don't know. <laughs> I thought Henry the magical sole, iPhone. I thought Henry's sole purpose to going to the underworld was to see Neil, honestly. And now that's not going to happen, so why is Henry there again? Well, because yeah. he ends up meeting somebody else later on, which we'll discuss. Okay, after that. <laughs> if they pull that whole, like, I'm going to replace Henry with me bullshit with Pan again, I'm, I'm going to crack up. I'm hoping Robin does something, because, like, when she gets poofed away, Robin doesn't go with her. Like, he, he, I don't even think he got a line this episode. Like, why is he there? Well, they didn't Support. get poofed. Um, she ends up walking with the guy to So Regina's. she was walking with her boo, and then she's like, oh, I got this. Stay here in hell. Like, go eat some gingerbread or something, and just goes to see her mom. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's her mom, so... Go look for Miriam. Yes. I wonder if we're going to get to see Marion in hell. She seems like the type of person that got her her affairs in order before she died. Yeah, I think so too. So through Korra, we learn one of the Underworld's rules. Most can only leave it in two ways. To a better place or a worse one. And so Cora poofs Regina and uh, the guy that was following Regina into this chasm area where there's like a fiery pit. And uh, basically Cora shows Regina what the worst place is. So this flame engulfs the guy and like drags him basically to his own personal hell and i didn't care yeah and uh cora tells regina that she has to leave or someone will suffer and that person is her father yeah i was like are you gonna i i didn't expect the dad i honestly thought that she was just gonna uh like bully the thief again like she did with Daniel that if you don't follow my way someone's gonna die someone close to you that you love is gonna die but yeah. maybe maybe it's that she has her heart now she does have her heart she died with her heart in her so she's nicer but nice people don't do what she did well we end up finding <laughs> out why she did a little bit later on so we learn a second rule to the underworld, and that's someone in the underworld may return to the world of the living by trading places with the living soul, and we learn this through Peter Pan. So let's discuss Peter Pan's return. Yeah, 
I'm so Amber? like he, he, I love him. He's one of my favorite. Yes. Robbie K plays a little shit very good. Like he plays yes. like like oh, the yes. meanest, most vicious, like jerkish. Like he's horrible, but he's fantastic to look at while he's being horrible because you could tell he's enjoying being horrible. Mm-hmm. And he's dressed like Rumple is like with the black suit and everything, and I'm like, dude, you look so much better in that than in like the Peter Pan outfit. I am digging your look in hell. Like, I I love him. I love Peter Pan. Like I'm just like, okay, I can deal with Rumple scenes so long as I get me more Peter Pan. Like, mm-mm. he's great. Yeah, it's yes. fantastic. It's always awesome to see him say, like, I'm your father, because he's like a kid, compared to <laughs> Rumple. So it, it always gives me a laugh when he's like, you know, this is me being kind to you, you know, a gift from a father to a son. I'm like, oh gosh. Like, you little baby, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you see that there was the little doll that, mm -hmm. that he made for Rumple there? That ugly, creepy doll. And Chip <laughs> went to hell! <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she broke it, so Chip went to hell! Well, Chip went to purgatory. Hey, yep. he had unfinished he's got unfinished, he's got unfinished business. <laughs> In that scene with Peter Pan, we did have that short scene with Belle, where basically, I mean, I guess they had to give uh, Emily DeRavin some work, and so they were like... You guys can have like a little 30 second scene where Rumpel is, is explaining that he's going to the underworld. Well, because you know if they didn't have that scene, people would be like, But how does she know where he went? So. They like banged the night before. Of course he's going to tell her where he's going. <laughs> Did you not see that she was like passed out when, she, when he left? <laughs> I don't think he like told her in the middle of sex. I think. Well, he didn't know until after he left. Yeah. So he had to go back. Mm hmm. Tell her bye bye. And mm -hmm. then leave. Yep. And I like how they were like cleverly filming the upper half of her body. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, okay, how can we get away with this? I don't think they're going to write the pregnancy in, though. Like. If they're if they're starting to do little like camera moves like that, like I don't think they're gonna write in a pregnancy, and I'm stoked. Uh, I'm happy about that. Too many babies, mm -hmm. like the, all these baby. Who's taking care of them? Granny. Oh. Where's <laughs> Neil? Where's baby Neil? Yeah, he's at Granny's. At Granny's. Oh, with the dwarves. <laughs> the dwarves yeah. have got to do something. There's enough of them to like yeah. you know seven dwarves. Shifts. They each get him one day a week. Exactly. No, six dwarves. <laughs> no, the curse is broken. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, no, he, it was lifted, yes, that is true. So, yeah, we're seven still, dwarves. And we're also forgetting she who has not been named Robin's baby, too. That's right. I think we have That's a spoiler right. about that later, maybe. I hope so, because otherwise we're just kind of like all these babies and nobody remembers them. Oh. <laughs> Dun 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 dun. Speaking of Rumple, although we really weren't, uh, Rumple has the ale of Sinead from the land of Dunbrock, and that helps our heroes uh, 
C hook. Because remember, this is the ale that uh, Merida used to commune with her father back in uh, the first half of this season. And uh, they used the ale, they poured over Hook's grave in the underworld. A very nice grave, in my opinion. So somebody paid top dollar down there for the headstone and everything. And we see Captain Hook, but the connection is not a good one because they might have T-Mobile or something. And he was all <laughs> flickety and uh, he was all beaten up and one of his eyes is like all swollen shut and bleeding all over the place and Emma can't really even talk to him and, and communicate with him at all. What do you all think is happening to our captain? He's being held up by uh Hades, because so, how do you how do you get a bad connection in hell to like visit the spirit? They have Metro PCS. Wi-Fi signal too weak. Uh, <laughs> they've got dial-up. You've the got network connectivity issues. The Ale of Shenane does not work very well in the underworld. No, well, it it's not the Ale of Shenane, but the Ale of Shenane. It's the Ale of Shenane. Yeah. 100%. From Martin. (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Hook looked fucked up. Like, I love how he comes on, and the first thing Regina does is try and shield Henry because, like, oh my god, you can't see this. It's too ugly. Like, I know. You play Resident Evil at night, but you can't see this. (laughs) And Emma is just standing there, like, and she doesn't even, like, flinch at seeing it. She's just so happy to see him, no matter the condition that he's in. How ugly you are! I'll always love. Died. I'm so sad. <laughs> she can call him Quasimodo now. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Awful. Just a tad. While they're in the underworld cemetery, Regina chats with her father at his grave. And hashtag the feels, hashtag the feels. Once his uh, spirit uh, pops up, Regina apologizes. He's like, it's okay, it's okay. She goes, am I really forgiven? And he says this line, which I loved. He was like, I love you no matter what. That's what fathers do. And then she goes on to say, like, I don't think that's how it works. I I feel like you're really special. And they have this really great moment together. What did everyone think of Regina and uh, her father together at the grave? And, of course, um, before before I ask, I I will say, Henry encourages... uh, her to stay and help her friends uh, and he goes on to say something like if you stay you will spread hope so what did we think of uh, Regina and Henry together at the grave it was think- so touching oh my goodness it was really rewarding I don't know it was just it was acted so well by Lana and it was it, it made me tear up so emotional. It was Aww. so good. And we finally got a scene that added some resolution to her character cuz you know she's probably been dealing with this guilt for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And so she finally got to express to him that she's so sorry about what she did and she made a mistake and he doesn't hold it against her, you know. This is we don't have many healthy parent-child relationships on this show. And that was just 
an example of a really good, loving father. And it was very touching. They did a really good job acting it out. Yeah. No matter what you've done, you can be redeemed. If like, And he loves her so much. Yeah. And you see that in that scene. Like, and she's, she still knows that she's done wrong. This is miles away from the Regina that was tied up to a tree that said, I don't regret anything that I've done because it got me Henry. No, she regrets what she's done and she's sad about it. And she to get forgiveness like that so easily and for him to be like, you know what? I know bad things can happen to me, but you need to stay on this course because that's what I've always wanted for you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It was just beautiful. beautiful. It was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it also got wrapped up because, like, the whole time you were like, I-, I have to take the heart of the thing that I love the most. And I always wondered what happened, like, or what he might have thought of all of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All these stories getting wrapped up. I loved it. I, I love scenes with Regina and her father, and-, and that was such a touching scene. It was a beautifully done scene. Great acting from Lana, like powerful emotions. I mean, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. So after that conversation, Regina decides once and for all she's going to stay and help her friends. And she goes to save her father. She heads with uh, Henry, her child, down into that uh, cave uh, with the, the fiery pit. And Cora's there. And um, she tells, Cora tells her, I should say, that she can't help, you know, everyone in the underworld. And she also lets Regina know that her time there in the underworld is almost done. She summons the fires of hell and it starts to swirl around uh, Henry, her father. Cora disappears and uh, instead of uh, Henry getting dragged to hell... The fire disappears, and a path is created with a heavenly exit. And it turns out that Henry's unfinished business was Regina. Hashtag the feels. Hashtag the feels. And uh, at that moment, Henry and Henry meet. Let's discuss this. Oh my god! This was everything. This was my favorite scene. (laughs) It was... It just made my heart warm, and it just closed up all that that barrier between little Henry and Grandpa Henry, and it was uh, it was just everything that I could have dreamed of with them meeting. Yeah, it was beautiful. I can't remember exactly what they said to each other, but it was something like, you know, I was the one that was taking care of her, and, and I'm glad that you're there to take care of her now. Mm-hmm. Please take care, like, please take care of Regina for me. It's just like my heart. <laughs> my heart it was very emotional it was so great to see him meet you know his namesake Mm -hmm. and oh it was so beautiful there were there were some really beautiful scenes in this episode and that was that like topped the board there the feels the feels i wish he was (laughs) grandpa though because he's called rumple grandpa and he's called david grandpa but damn it he didn't get to call this last one grandpa too too starstruck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then we get to see Henry walk into the light. Grandpa Henry. Yes. Regina's uh, father. That was 
beautifully done. If you do, you all, have you any of you seen um, the animated movie Hercules? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, that part where it, where Hercules is looking down at like the river Styx and everyone's like kind of swirling around. It kind of looked like that peak. Hmm. I didn't realize I, that. So I don't know whether that that's that place is going to be used again or not. Probably. That seems to be where people get sucked into either the good or, or the bad. Mm-hmm. And Hercules is not very happy to see people go to that yes. peak. Yeah. It was beautifully done, though. Lots of great acting all around. I mean, it was just... It was an emotional scene. It was very well done. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So after that... Everyone gathers back together, and uh, Regina lets everybody know that uh, Papa Henry has gone on to a much better place. And the heroes learn that every soul in town has unfinished business, and that they all can be saved. And Regina says, because a lot of them have unfinished business with them, a.k.a. people that are in that group. Rumple, of course, is a stick in the mud and is like, I don't agree with that. You know, these are wretched souls. I'm not going to have any part of this. So uh, everyone has decided, basically, except for Rumple, that they're going to help people out and, of course, rescue Hook. And once that has happened, the broken clock tower that's in the middle of the street ticks once which is a callback to uh, the uh, very first episode and that makes regina smile much like henry did in the very first episode but we learned that the clock ticking does not necessarily mean what we think a clock ticking means because Korra secretly meets with the ruler of the underworld hades his lair is located underneath the library kind of like where uh, maleficent was being held captive during season one but of course he has a very palatial looking cave with trinkets and uh, all, all this kind of fancy stuff i mean he's getting a petty you know good grief man and uh um, she has to like dig with like a like a like chisel um, yeah like a dentist tool in between his toes that was ew what i know right? really <laughs> I really hope she's not Persephone, like that she's just some random person. No, I have my own theory on that, which I will mention later on. <laughs> some rando, then. Yeah, she's a rando. And Hades, of course, wishes the heroes gone. The clock on the broken uh, clock tower ticked because a soul has departed the underworld, and Hades doesn't like anybody leaving his realm. So we Shouldn't find out that twice. Then she sent a guy to hell. Well, I think that might be different. Maybe he doesn't like it when good stuff happens to people. <laughs> and it might have already ticked before because that had happened earlier in the episode, in a sense. Mm. And uh, we find out that Hades basically forced Cora to do what she had done, you know, to get rid of Regina, to send her back to Storybrook with uh, the hope of uh, Korra getting, I guess, a happier ending in the underworld, you know, being sent into the light. And because uh, she failed, Korra has been sentenced to an eternity as a Miller's daughter once again. So that's yeah. Korra's personal 
hell. I loved it. I was like, bitch, you're finally getting what you deserve. Oh my god, you have fucked up so much shit in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland and Once Upon a Time. Go back to being a Miller's daughter. Oh, best punishment ever. He's great at this. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree. It was very fitting. I agree. Any other thoughts on Cora's punishment? It, it, it did fit her very well, you know, something that she hated since the, you know, since she was a Miller's daughter. She hated it her whole life. So to have gotten away from that for so many years and then be thrown back into it has got to be like devastating for her. So he knows how to get to people and how to, you know, pick the things that they that hurt them the most and use it against them so mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let's talk about hades in general oh my goodness our first peek at hades <sighs> he was amazing okay i was nervous to see katie's fangirling right now i am i am <laughs> i love i love the villains because they just bring this different air to the show and he i love villains with sass and he's got this maliciousness and this sass about him it just makes him terrifying but he's so interesting at the same time and even though we only got to see him for a little tiny bit he did such a good job with the role and i am eagerly awaiting to see what else we're gonna we're gonna see from him and then also as a side note, I was kind of nervous about like what the blue hair was going to look like because we got a sneak peek picture about of it. Me too, and, and I, I didn't like the picture. I was like, what in the heck is that? That looks terrible. But in the show, it did not look that bad. It looked pretty I good. I agree. Yeah, yeah, in the show, mm -hmm. it looked actually okay. It didn't look horrible. I was kind of worried as well because of the picture. Yeah. So I think we even talked about it one night. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. It's one of those things I think that you have to see it in motion. You can't really capture the way it looks correctly in a still picture. So they did a really good job. And I'm, I don't know, I'm just really excited. I, oh, I love villains like him. So I'm so excited to see what else he brings. You know, a little part of me when they said they're casting Hades, I'm like, why are you casting Hades? Like James Woods said that if Disney ever asked him to do Hades again, he'd do it in a heartbeat. And they cast, well, obviously they cast someone else, like Greg, uh, Greg German. And I was just kind of like, fuck, is, is he going to do this like as well? And he comes in and he's just got smug face all over him. And you can see like little bits of like when he gets angry, like he really means it and he's scary. But most of the time, he just kind of laughs because he knows, like, he can play the game. Like, it it feels like the good, like the times when the bad guys were good because they knew that they that they were controlling all the pieces on the board. Rumpel, mm -hmm. Peter Pan, Cora, like these titans could do it, and I think he might be one of them. Like, he's he's stepping up to the plate. Yeah, yeah. Well, he is yeah. a Greek god. And I was going to yeah. say, I was going to say too, he reminded me a little bit of Peter Pan, a little bit, because he has this maliciousness and this cockiness about him, um, but he's like a step up, so yeah, yep. it was awesome. Did y'all notice the five rivers? 
around That's actually what I was going to discuss. Can you explain it for the listeners? Well, okay, there are five rivers uh, leading to Hades, and their symbolic meanings are Acheron, the River of Sorrow, Cocytus, Lamentation, Phlegathon, Fire, Leith, Oblivion, and Styx, Hate. So I'm pretty sure because those like like really pretty colored lights that are like all around him that they're going to be used. And I'm mm-hmm. also sure that like when she sent like that peasant to wherever like Phlegathon was being used because it meant fire. Nice. Interesting. I, did not I love know how that. Priscilla broke it down. <laughs> Thank you, Priscilla. Oh yeah. She gets points, right? <laughs> I agree. She does. <laughs> yes. I still have zero points. <laughs> I'm 12, and I still have zero points. Oh. Poor Ash. I will earn some. I will. You will. What I thought was interesting is that Hades... I mean, I love how, like, very aristocratic he is. Because when he... Cora enters. I mean, he's listening to classical music, and uh, she's like, "Oh, you know, violins are kind of okay." And he's like, "How dare you? You know, this is classical music." But of course, you're a Miller's daughter. You don't know about this stuff. <laughs> it was great. That was great. Fast master. That was fantastic. the best way to be like, oh, "You plebe, you obviously wouldn't be able to appreciate this with your peasant ears." I know. You put her <laughs> in her place, like in a second. It what's, was fantastic. What's a queen it, to a god? Ain't that the truth? So, any final thoughts on what was going on in the present storyline? No, I loved. I, I just have to point out. I love the parallel between um, the pilot and this episode, where we saw the clock tick forward. That was so interesting because the clock ticking forward is like a symbol of hope, and so. That was so interesting that they kind of brought it back into this 100th episode and wove it into the storyline so interestingly. So I really enjoyed that. Just had to throw that out there. I also want to say, like, before, like, the interviews for this season, not this particular part of the season, but last part, they mentioned that that we were going to get to see Regina more as, like, the savior now. And to have her, like, come into hell and have the clock tick, like it did when the savior came into Storybrooke. I think that adds something, and I'm like, okay, finally, like, is this part of the series where we get to see more of her trying to save people and bring back, like, happy endings? Like, for re- like the ending part of happy endings? Like, this, this is, this is nice. This is what I wanted. Like, obviously, like, I, I really love Regina, and I want to see more of this redemption arc. I like that. Yeah. Great points from everybody. So let's get into a segment that unfortunately we didn't do as often during the first half of the season, but we're going to definitely be doing it the second half. The MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most during this episode and why? And let's try to keep it like around 30 seconds each for your explanations. So MVP for the episode, we'll start off with Katie. Okay, well, I'm going to choose somebody different than what everybody else You usually else choose. choose? Yeah, well, so I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose Henry Sr. Ooh. Damn because it. Because 
<laughs> dun 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 dun. <laughs> I was trying to be different too. <laughs> Dang it, we're on the same wavelength. Oh god, we have the Bobsy twins. <laughs> so anyways, I'm choosing Henry Sr. Because, we, first of all, we got to see a lot more of him in this episode than we've got to see in several episodes in the past. Which was very nice. It was nice to see, give him a chance to shine. And we got to see him wrap up his character and show that he is a parent who really, truly does care about his daughter and forgives no matter her. What? Even What? I said no matter what. What exactly? Yeah, he loves her no matter what, and he forgave her even after she, you know, killed him and sent him there. And he's truly, you know, he truly forgives her and lets her, you know, have that satisfaction, that comfort that he doesn't blame her for anything. So kudos to him for being one of the good parents on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's saying a lot. Ah. Uh... Ash, your MVP, and why? 100% Regina. Woo! I, her, Lana's acting throughout this episode was beyond par. And seeing Regina, ha like, it sets her up to become the savior of the underworld. Like, I see Emma, like, she was the savior for everyone in the overworld. Like, as they were living, like, that was her... Did you call it the overworld? The overworld. I don't know. <laughs> we're story The real world. <laughs> the other world. That, that was... That's her, like, domain. Like, that... Emma's purpose there is to give everyone their happy ending before they die. But now that everyone in the underworld is dead, like Regina is stepping up and going to be the savior of the underworld to give them the happy endings that Emma couldn't while they were still alive. So, yeah. And her scenes with Henry Sr. and both of them where he was an apparition and before he passed on were just so beautifully done and so well written and just makes my heart very warm and happy that that is finally <laughs> on a nice little closure. Yes. Okay. Priscilla. Neil. No! <laughs> what? Like, now what? that would be shocking coming from you. Plot <laughs> <laughs> twist. It's Regina, like, again. Like, Ashley tagged on a whole bunch of, uh, of stuff that's important but um, I also like the fact that you saw the different forms of love she has with like a more conflicted term with like her mother and with her father and like the protectiveness like even if it's slight with, with like Henry Jr. I guess like and just all the different forms of love and all the different forms of sadness that she released like gosh she's a great actress great A Love it. Keep keep on keeping on. Ooh, I didn't think about that. Like that. All right, now. I'm torn between who I want to choose. Uh, I have two. Who are they? We'll choose for you. Cora and Hades. 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 
Okay, Hades all the way then. I mean, he just brought a presence to the show that has been missed in a while. I mean, I'll say every villain kind of has their own style, has their own flair, has their own sort of menacing quality in a sense. But he, like, it has been many seasons where they're like there has been a villain that has been like suave and cool yet sinister despicable and villainous all at the same time so i can't wait to see what they do with hades i'm really excited about the actor i, I used to watch him on a show called ally mcbeal so I, I knew that he could be kind of like snarky and uh you know sassy and that kind of stuff but he wasn't a villain on that show you know it was like a, a dramedy taking place in a law firm so this is a very different role for him and i'm excited to see what he does with hades and uh, just to see how he mixes it up not only with uh, the characters that we see in the underworld but potentially other characters that might not be in the underworld that are in as ash would call it the overworld stop it no. <laughs> We're going to be saying that all this season, everybody, so get ready, listeners. Okay, but on fine. that note... And there's a copyright after it. Oh, my. <laughs> Since we're talking about the future, Katie, I think it's time to get a little spoilery. Yes, it is. Let's dive into some spoilers for upcoming episodes of Once Upon a Time. This is your official spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, as always, you can check our official Facebook like page by visiting facebook.com forward slash Starbrook Weekly Mirror. And you can also check out my site at starbrookmirror.tumblr.com to check for all the new spoilers that come out during the week. Um, just wanted to make a quick dis- um, note for you guys. If you do visit my site, um, starbrookmirror.com will no longer work for you. So make sure you add .tumblr.com after Starbrook Mirror. Um, so, diving into spoilers, um, lots of articles came out kind of talking about the rest of the season, there were interviews with cast and stuff, so it was a lot of fun interviews that came out, so you'll definitely want to check those out. But some of the highlights, um, one of them was from TV Line, um, this is kind of in regards to how the back half of the season is being treated, um, Adam Horwitz and Josh... Dallas were talking about it. So this is what Adam said. He said, sometimes you have to look back to move forward, and that's part of what the storytelling is about in the second half of the season. While there certainly are old friends and old enemies from the past who return in a new form, it's about how the past of many of our core characters has held them back or has prevented them from finding the place that they want to be in their lives. And then Josh added, the coolest thing about the underworld is that we get to confront our past, which is always a dangerous thing. So that kind of um, is the theme around the second half of the season, which we all kind of guess, but it's really interesting to kind of reflect on and think about as we watch the episodes for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's see. Next, um, someone asked if, or TV Line asked if Hook um, might not want to be rescued from the underworld. Adam and Eddie said that he is per- the interviewer is perceptive on that part because some people might not or might want to stay down in the underworld. We may find that out um, coming up. So we shall see if there's anybody who doesn't actually want to leave the underworld. Ash. What? What? You want to stay in the underworld? Yep. Don't want to go to that overworld. Oh my god. 
Oh, I love how Katie did it. <laughs> Katie, uh, no! This is payback! Katie's turning on you. Your twin is turning on you. <laughs> okay, so we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, uh, we, you know, someone asked, or no, it was, okay, Jennifer Goodwin was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Um, she was talking about her new movie, Zootopia, and um, she was also talking about Once Upon a Time there. Um, and he asked if she would be pregnant on the show again as she is pregnant in real life. Um, she said that um, that did not work out with the timeline, obviously, and she said that um, someone else is also pregnant on the show. Now, some people have said that perhaps she was talking about Zelina, um, which is entirely possible, but she could have been talking about Belle as well. So it's still kind of up in the air if Belle is Earth. Emily's pregnancy pregnancy will be brought onto the show, but um, that could have been a confirmation. We're just not really sure just because of the way she worded things. So there's that. The Hollywood Reporter did um, an interview with Adam and Eddie. They were kind of talking about, it was a really interesting interview actually. They were talking about how um, they work with Disney and how they're able to get the rights to the characters or if Disney you know, allows them to do all these different things and if they have any stipulations, which is, it was a really interesting article to read. So if you're interested in that, make sure to go to the Hollywood Reporter site and find that. Um, but they asked them which characters they still would like to add to the show. Adam and Eddie said that they love Jasmine and Aladdin. They've always said yes. that. Um, so that's a possibility that they could come back or they could come to the show. <laughs> and um, they also said that they love the princess, the characters from the princess frog. Yes. Yeah, so. <laughs> We're going to be going down the bayou, baby. Going on hey, hey, New Orleans. Come to me. Yes. <laughs> okay. So as Katie is a witness to this, anything that I wish for comes true. Right, Katie? It's very true. So I've been begging for Tiana, Naveen, Mama Odie, and of course Dr. Facilier as the big bad. Because I have a feeling Dr. Facilier would be an excellent villain for the series for like a mid-season arc. And especially now that we're exploring the underworld, Dr. Facilier is the Shadow Man. He controls spirits and demons and all that kind of stuff. I think that would be epic. And we have never had Halloween on Once Upon a Time. That might be a good reason to include a Halloween-y episode. We have. Hmm. Like, and they've already explored shadows and how how much it hurts to, for them to be taken out. And there how they you go. Kind of have their Very own true. Devices, so they have the framework. We need the true. Shadow Man. We need the Shadow Man. And it would also help uh, Once's sort of problem with characters of color. I mean, it'd be nice to have uh, some more diverse roles on the show. So it'd be nice to see Tiana and the crew mixing it up with our Once family. Very true. So hopefully that'll become a reality. I know they've kind of mentioned it a few times. So. It's and even possible. Aladdin and Jasmine, that would be awesome. If they yeah. could bring back Jafar, Jafar was another excellent villain. Exactly. That would be awesome to have as a villain on once. 
Yes, yes, um, I agree. So get those people on the show. <laughs> um, so this past week there was a once upon a time specific convention in Vancouver, and be part of that um was the fact that some people could pay to go on a studio tour. So they got to see some of the new sets for the show and they got to see just basically all of the sets, I believe, that they're currently using. Um, And one of the interesting things is someone said that we will be seeing a Munchkin village or the Munchkin village from Wizard of Oz. Sorry. You can't use that. Something new. <laughs> no lollipop field. No, apparently not. Uh-huh. But we will be seeing the Munchkin Village. So that's interesting. I'm assuming that's obviously going to be in Zelina's backstory. So. Or. Or. Or the one with Dorothy. That's right. Yeah. That's or right. it could be I current can... Oz. Because she's there. Yeah. That's where munchkins live. <gasps> Spoiler! <No way. laughs> I know, right? Yeah, so, okay. Um, that's that. So, ET Online did a... Did a interview with um, Adam and Eddie at the 100th episode party. And she was asking them questions about all of the different couples on the show. And she, at the end, said, um, will we be having another wedding on the show this season? Because, you know, it's kind of, we've seen those a few times and it's been a while since we've had a wedding. And they said that we will not be having a wedding this season. But that does not mean that there won't possibly be a proposal. So we may be seeing a proposal sometime by the end of the season. So that'll be interesting. We better be getting that. Are you? you I know. know. There is like no if. Like Adam and Eddie, yeah. like it has to happen. <laughs> yeah. There's there's no no in that equation. It's happening. <laughs> we have gone through all of this pain to get our reward. And it's just, <laughs> please, please don't make this hard. Can you just imagine please. if Hook's the one that doesn't want to return, and thus you're not getting the wedding you want, and you're getting, like, something else? Why you do this? <laughs> Why? Don't talk about these things. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Why you put these feelings in my heart? Oh my gosh. Oh, baby Hook. Yeah, exactly. And on the <laughs> or maybe he might come back with <laughs> two hands. One hundred percent. I am my the one thing that I want to see is for him to come back with two hands. That's it. Captain Two Hands. Yes. <laughs> He's gotta come up with a different name there. Um so on kind of the same note, the we kind of have been teased a little bit ago that there might be a true love's kiss coming soon. And they And they said that, yes, there is for sure a true love's kiss coming on the show soon. So that'll be nice to see. I don't think we've seen a TLK happen in a while. So hashtag TLK. Hashtag TLK. (laughs) So this will be great. It'll be fun to see. Um, I don't know why we would have one, but I'm excited for it. I know. Gotta have that true love's kiss staple of the show. So that's it for general spoilers, but um, 
kind of going over some filming spoilers for the 21st episode, which is titled Last Rites, and it's written by Jerome Schwartz. Um, there was a reunion scene filmed between Robin and his son, Roland. Regina was also there, and Zelina was there. Um, Regina was talking with Selena before Selena poofed away. So, we get a kind of a cute reunion scene between father and son in this episode. Also, Merida is back for this episode. Um, she was filming with Emma, Charming, Robin, and Regina at the town hall. Um, and then Emma was seen filming later with Selena. And apparently something really big happened because everyone on set was like screaming and saying that they couldn't say anything. But something big is happening. And poor Emma. And she's mad. And I don't even know what's going on. But... Why something. would they run around screaming they can't say anything? It just sounds weird. No, on Twitter, they were they were they were saying oh that on Twitter. Oh my god! Oh my god! I just imagine like the cast running <laughs> around in front of the people that are observing the cast and like we can't say anything. <laughs> That'd be great. We're taking something amazing for you guys, but we can't say anything. And Emma's very mad, but we can't say anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like fists are shaking in the air or something that'd be great <laughs> but yeah so that scene was filmed and apparently today or I'm sorry yesterday <laughs> there was a scene filmed where um everyone was on set apparently and then there were some people who they could not say were on set until the episode airs or something like that oh my goodness drama and apparently they're all in black so it's like a funeral scene or something oh Oh, i'm so excited i know you know no i don't know anything but 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 on the interwebs uh, there has been talk that somebody dies in episode 21, and I told Katie this, and Katie didn't believe me, and the episode is called Last Rites, and there have been rumors as to who it could be. I don't know if I necessarily buy the rumor as to who it is, but apparently there is a death. Who do you think it is? Who it is? You can't leave Well, I don't know who I, I don't. I don't have a guess. I just can only go from what I've read. A lot of people think it's Robin Hood. Yes, because there, there was this rumor going There was this weird interview that they did with Robin Hood where they basically asked him, I don't know the the source but I know Katie posted it, where they basically asked him, "So are you dying? Cuz there's a rumor that you're dying. Are you still on the show?" And he gave like the weirdest cagey answer that it, you know, if you're on the show you say yes. And he just gave like a weird answer like, "I don't know, you know, you're just going to have to stick around and watch or something." Oh shit. It wasn't reassuring. Okay, and after the stuff was filmed, there is a rumor that it is his funeral. And I'm like super pissed off, honestly. If it but is it him. would make sense with what Cora said. You know, there it, there will be would. a price to pay. It Bye-bye would, Memphis. but like that pissed me off. And she was very concerned about Regina. They dedicated so much to their love story or whatever and her finding love again. And then. Well, they, they never said they were true love. They just said, you know. One person can have many soulmates. But it was yeah. true love because of Tinkerbell. Well, no, they I said it was say, a soulmate. They didn't say it was true love. I don't know, oh, like uh, that she uh, Regina just uh, Lana Faria posted on Twitter what's when they asked her what's something that we can like we're gonna see, and she said a new love. So I'm fairly certain Robin's dead. <laughs> like, like you guys are right, Robin. Yeah. Bye. 
And uh, I think what'll be interesting to see is how Regina reacts to this. And this could be, you know, maybe the final step, in a sense, to Regina's redemptive arc. You know, if she saves a lot of people in the underworld and that kind of stuff. And then, like, her handling a love's death in a different way than she did with Daniel's. Oh my gosh. Uh, we'd have like the Emma curse again, like none of your people that you love get to live. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. I'm honestly like, like thinking about it. I'm kind of pissed off. I, I'm, they're probably going to do it, but it like pisses me off because I like Robin. I know he doesn't like add anything <laughs> to the show, but I really like him. And I'm fine with it. I trademarked calling him an accessory at the end care. of last season. I know you don't, but I do. Because yeah. it'd be nice to actually have a character that's fleshed out and actually bring something to Regina, like, besides just sort of being there. No. Like, he, she needs someone that's kind of, like, charming, in a sense. You know, that, that really compliments her character, like, right charming compliments Snow. But doesn't I... he compliment her because of how strong she is? And Robin's not really that strong of a person. He's kind of just like, oh, okay, honey, if you want to do that, I'll do it with you. That's not a good oh, compliment to give Robin Hood, yeah. Ash. Well, um, okay, I don't really He's Robin Hood. He's supposed to be that, such like, a strong character. Strong women deserve strong men, too. You don't need, like, limp... Yeah. Like, running around... To be, to be honest, I would prefer him with Maid Marian. If he's going to be yeah. the character that he is with Regina, he oh, should have just been with Maid Marian. want to go back because Maid Marian's in hell? <gasps> that would be... Like, more drama. Add more drama to this. All I have to say, or, though, is the first actor that played Robin Hood is now playing Lucifer. So if this Robin Hood dies it's just in Hades, it just makes all sorts of sense about <laughs> it. That's too funny. I'm still calling it that somebody's going to sneak their way into the overworld. And then somebody's going to be stuck down there and they'll have to go back and figure things out. I'm calling it. That's Well, I think a lot of people sneak out. But we discussed that oh. during our spoiler palooza last week, right, Katie? <laughs> yes. And uh, just since we're in the spoiler section, this is just my theory. I think Zelina is going to fill in the Persephone role. Ooh. Ooh. I think uh, Hades is going to have a little thing for the green. When she, she goes green, the, you never go back. She is called the spring goddess. Green. That makes sense. So, yeah. I don't know what their ship name would be. We'll have to figure that out. Green fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would mean Bellfire somehow back in, in the fray, and that would be fucking weird. No, no. The ladies. I don't know, which sounds like some sort of like <laughs> trademark drug or a venereal disease. <laughs> Let's go with the pill. <laughs> I'm gonna let you know the online community come up with a good one. So I'm like, how? Oh, why would you? What their ship name be? <laughs> it's really hard with their names. Like, you can't come up with anything great. Because he only gets Hades. So, you, like, what? Wicked Hades? Like, yeah. Oh. Hashtag under Zelina. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. Okay, that was good. That was good. I'll Thank let that you. one slide. <laughs> Katie, save us. Continue on. Okay, so 
this is an interesting thing. For episodes 22 and 23, which are the final two episodes of the season, they are casting two new characters. And the interesting thing about this is that these characters um, are recurring guest stars to recur for the 22nd and the 23rd episode, as well as in season 6, which, wait for it, season 6 has been officially renewed by ABC. So, we get another season, which is awesome. So, yay. Um, but anyways, onto these characters. The casting call calls them Jacob and Nathaniel. Jacob is described as being in his late 30s to early 40s. He is an imposing physical man, brutish and morally corrupt. Jacob desires power above all else, the power to control his own destiny however he sees fit. With no discernible moral compass, Jacob will use any means at his disposal to get it, even if it means destroying his own family in the process. And then Nathaniel is described as being in his late 30s to early 40s again. He, on the other hand, is slight and weak, always in the shadow of his more powerful, more sinister older brother. Nathaniel only wishes to be free of his siblings' wretchedness, but fate continues to thwart him, drawing him together in increasingly dangerous ways and threatening all he holds dear. So I'm confused as to who these people could be. I know. I've seen I've seen some theories that they could possibly be Lion King. But that doesn't really sound like Scar and Mufasa, because Mufasa wasn't weak. No, yeah, exactly. It sounds like Scar, but not Mufasa. I was hoping it'd be Pain and Panic. No, that doesn't sound like it would be them either. And who like now that you put Oh, go ahead. You have weird theories though. Like somebody was saying, like Cain and Abel, and I'm like, what? Yeah, that would be weird. How and no. Fuck are they? I don't know. Before we were theorizing that Robin Hood could be dead, a lot of people thought it might be. Um, what is it, King George and Prince John? Yes. <gasps> yeah. That but that wouldn't make theory. sense anymore without Robin Hood in the mix. Yeah. Maybe it's a flashback. Why would they flashback to him after he's dead? No, it might be a flashback to mirror what's happening with David and James. If if Robin Hood dies during Last Rites, then that's the episode before these characters premiere. Oh, okay. Never mind. Why is he ruining all of my theories? Damn it. I know, right? (laughs) It would be nice to see the Lion King. It would. Because I would bring, I would hope that that would bring more people of color to the show. Because yeah. Lion King, even though they are lions, does take place in Africa. You know that they're going to make them white. I don't know, because they have a problem. And they know that they have a problem. Because it, it's, it's an issue that's brought up online. The problem of people of color on the show. The lack of representation. If they are on, a lot of the people of color are villainous characters. And a lot of them are killed off, like, really fast. I mean, if you think about it, they brought on Merlin and he died. So. Oh, Merlin was so... And he wasn't even a villainous gorgeous. character. Damn it. All we get is Lancelot and Mulan. And I think we lost Lancelot. So, Mulan? No, I hope he returns. Hopefully he's one of the characters that pops up when Merida says what she needs to say and lets the words fall out. Why? No. Why? <laughs> Honestly, I want to see you be brave. Priscilla, <laughs> why? Why you do this? Because <laughs> we can't do it anymore. Like, it's like, 
we're, we're going to like Hades, so he's gonna have to find some other song that deals with that. There's probably a bunch. Well, uh, we haven't gotten to the press release yet, but I think uh, Snow puts the Glad and Gladiator next week. <laughs> but that's a whole other story. But uh, yeah, uh, I guess we'll continue theorizing about who these people are until we get an actual casting uh, scoop announcement. Yep. Yes, we will. So, moving on from that, we do have the press release for next week's episode, which is titled Labor of Love, and it was written by Andrew Shambliss and Dana Horgan. So, this is what it says. In the underworld, an escapee from Hades' prison informs the heroes that Hook is being held captive. But before the heroes can rescue Hook, they must face a terrifying beast that guards the prison. Mary Margaret searches for an old childhood friend who knows how to defeat the monster. However, once reunited, she discovers that her friend is no longer the hero he once was. Meanwhile, in the Enchanted Forest flashback, a young Snow White struggles to preserve peace in her kingdom and must learn how to be a true hero if she wants to one day become queen. So, yeah. And we have Cruella next week. Oh, that's right. Wait, wait, wait. That's right. Yep, she's finally and here. And young uh, Snow. Yep. And so AKA Bailey back. Madison. Oh. Okay, so we get young Snow, and we get Hercules. Yeah. Seems like a good episode. I know. And there's also already a sneak peek out for the episode if you want to see it. Um, and it looks so good. Lots of cool stuff. I'm so excited. For Would this you like episode. to describe a little bit of it? Okay, so basically what happens is we open up to Hook waking up. Um, he's all bloody and bruised uh, the way we saw him in last week's episode. And um, he basically kind of stumbles out and he finds he's like in this big chamber or something. And there's like this fire in the middle. Um, and he sees across the way there is a woman sitting down. And she um, basically tells him, you know, you can't get out of this place. He, Hades is basically, he's playing a trick on you. He's making you believe that you can leave. But trust me, you cannot leave this place. So Hook tells her, well, I'm going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here. I'm your best chance. And so they start to leave. And there's like this menacing growling in the background. And, um... So she turns and says to him, see, I told you we weren't going to be able to escape. And he says, yeah, you're right. We're not going to be able to escape, but you are. I'm going to distract the beast that's guarding this area. And you're going to get out and tell Emma Swan that I am down here and um, to find me or whatever. So that's basically what happens. But um, looks like it's going to be kind of... An action-packed episode. Aw, baby Hulk. This one get beat up more. I am down for this. I'm so excited. I, I'm so I'm so salty about him. Like, with being a total asshole at the end, I was just kind of like, you know what? Get your knocks in. I don't like... I, I, I'm, oh. He needs to be redeemed. Oh. He needs to be redeemed in my eyes. Because I'm pissed off. <laughs> Hopefully, though, with this next episode, I see the light. Uh-huh. We Let's shall see. 
we shall definitely see. But it was a very interesting sneak peek, so watch it if you have the chance and you want to do that. So um, that's that's that for all of the spoilers for this upcoming episode and for the upcoming episodes. Um, and we already said that season six is renewed officially and there are ratings for Sunday night. The rating came in as a 1.3 in the demographics and 4 million viewers in total. So that's pretty, I think that ties the series low. But if you look at all of the other ratings for the entire night, they were that low, if not worse. Um, I think, I think Once Upon a Time came out as ABC's top rated drama of the night or something like that. So... They're still doing pretty good there. It's just ABC's having issues keeping their ratings up on every night, to be honest. So, I think the rating system is so antiquated. Because if you really really look at the ratings, the only network that's doing good is CBS. And I can't believe that the majority of the people in the United States only watch CBS programming. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's the numbers game, though. Like it's it's they they're not really accounting for people that stream in other ways. Like that the whole system is so antiquated. Like I don't think the numbers actually reflect viewership. They don't at all. And the way that they that they um, count DVR isn't totally accurate either. So it's like it's yeah. There needs to be an overhaul. But who's going to do that, right? (laughs) I agree. Yeah. Completely. Well, I guess on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Visit the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download this episode and many more. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's episode, tonight's broadcast, through iTunes. Just search for Storybook Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Please like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. You can also like Poppy Chulo Radio on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash Radio. Email us via contact at poppychuloradio.com with any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chulo Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychuloradio.com. Co-host, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Night, everybody. Night, guys. And co-hosts, please say hello to everyone that's tuning in to us via iTunes, possibly for the first time. Hi, Ooh. iTunes people. Keep tuning Love in. Us. Review us. Like us. Subscribe, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Join us every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for a brand new installment of Storybrook Weekly Mirror. Good night, everyone. Good night, everyone.